Wrestling Podcast. There's a guy named Hal, and there's Daniel, and there's guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to be enchanted by the most beguiling, <laughs> bewitching, sensational wrestling podcast in the world. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity it deserves. I'm Hal Lublin, and as always, I'm joined in the booth by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, comedian writer Daniel Radford. Hi. And hip-hop artist Mike Eagle. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Every week we start out with the bewitching, beguiling, <laughs> as most great wrestling matches do. We like to start with the lockup. This is where we talk about our own personal experiences and hot takes about sports entertainment. This week, with the brand split between Raw and SmackDown, former WWE talents Jinder Mahal, Rhino, and Shelton Benjamin are all returning or have returned to help fill out the roster. So the question is. Who would you bring back next? Who do you want to see showing up on Raw or SmackDown, Danielle? Um, I want to see Kong. Ooh. Oh. The awesome one. Uh-huh. The yeah. awesome one. I know she was in TNA for a little bit and she was doing good good work. I do not think that it's um that it would be redundant to have her and Nia on the same show. Um and I think that she never uh, I, I think that she was just starting to get somewhere when she got pregs. Um, and so I would love to see her come back and just like destroy some chicks on SmackDown. What it, what was her name in WWE before? Karma. That's Karma. right. Karma. Karma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had a, 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 like a legit feud with the Taser Queen herself. Yes, she did. <laughs> she had a legit, legit feud. It was, it was serious heat there. True, but no, there's, no there's no room on the on blue one. brand, right? Yeah, there's oh, there's room. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a monster. They don't have a monster heel or or baby face. A lot that. of experienced people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You basically have Becky and Natalia and Naomi and too. Naomi, and Naomi. And Naomi. I'll give her. Core. I'll give her in there. But as far as people with just like the years of wrestling and not you know wrestling wrestling behind them they could use another um they could use another they could use another heavy hitter like they could use another person who's really good in that ring um to help shape up some of these nxt girls and also and also a really established character that's what they don't have like even like natty's been wrestling forever but her character's still not very established like they they turn her and they go in different directions her character is uh, i'm related to the hearts some (laughs) bread hearts my uncle daddy and (laughs) I, i like cats Right. And my husband's way more into Cesaro than he is me. <laughs> and like that's her care. And occasionally now it's like now I'm mad about all of those things at once or whatever. Right. Now her character is just who she should be in real life where she's like, I've been here forever. Some give me a belt. And somehow it's still not convincing. <laughs> like we're not there yet. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted oh. to develop more. So so you want characters, who would you bring back? Uh, what I would like to bring back most is David Otunga not being an announcer on television. That's, that's, <laughs> that is the thing that I would love to bring back most is the time before. 
<laughs> David Otunga. So you would like to bring in uh, the fourth dimension, which yes. is time, yes. as a character. Yes. Uh, yes. Just cross-faced chicken wings, oh, Otunga, God. right oh. on out of, uh, out of the announcement. The X-Men picture. character Blink, I would like I would like for her to stare at him <laughs> and then close her eyes real tight. And just then, a back and forth. He could be a wrestler, anything. I just, uh, I really, what I want, what I want, the seed of that answer is that I want a two-man booth back. I feel like that would be the best thing ever if they brought back the two-man booth. I really don't know why they have the three because all that really seems to give me is just in every show, there's somebody whose sole purpose there is to get on my nerves is what it feels like. And why is it always the black dudes? Mm. <laughs> it's how just the it? shows where it's like the two white dudes are yelling at the black dude and telling him how, <laughs> and telling him how lame he is. But the, the funny thing is, and I I like a two-man booth too, and I think JBL and Mauro Ronaldo would be a great I think it'd be, fan. I think great it'd be just fine. Wouldn't but, it be great? But I started to think immediately like, all right, well, if they need a third person in the booth because... They have to. I started thinking about Matt Stryker. I love Matt Stryker. Who's a great, he he does heel and he does baby He's face fantastic. announcing really, really well. Yeah, no, he, he was great. I mean, but that's the thing about that third guy on both brands, so Byron and David. It's like, I don't know what purpose they serve. Like, mm-hmm. they're baby face-ish, I guess. Is David Otunga baby face I can't really yeah. tell. I think they're just there yeah. to get picked on. That's so weird. That's it. Why? It's just <laughs> there to be, they're just there to be bullied. You know it's so be a star WWE. Uh, right. You know, <laughs> cut it out. Listen to your hero tell tell you guys to not bully people. Like it's just like you listen you watch the uh, the Cruiserweight classic and it's like, wow, two guys talking about the wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, remember that? Remember when yeah. folks would like talk about moves and stuff? Oh gosh. Maro still does it, but he's too busy telling me it's lit to like <laughs> get to the point. It's like, we get it. You know what black Twitter is. Congratulations. He does. He spends like, a lot of time on the black Twitter. <laughs> he spent so much time. Next is just going to be all Budden and Arthur Mems. Like, oh, we get no. it. Oh. <laughs> we get it. All right. <laughs> we get you. I can't wait for the next Battle Royale where he just names off all the tracks from three feet high and right. <laughs> Potholes in my lawn. There goes Jinder Mahal over the top rope. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to go... See, if I'm going to bring back one person, yeah. in, in my mind, I'm immediately like, I want to see CM Punk come back because it would be a huge shock. But I really, I think it's just a matter of time before Kurt Angle comes back mm-hmm. to make his farewell tour. And I would rather... I, I know... He's he's uh, under contract right now to wrestle Cody Rhodes like SummerSlam weekend, so he's not coming anytime soon. But I I want him back. And I want him back now. Do yeah. you think they would? Because I heard that he like went and was like, hey 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 Hunter, can I can I do the thing? And Hunter was like, nah. And then he went to Vince and was like, Vince, Hunter said I couldn't do the thing. And Vince was like, well, Hunter's in charge now. And then Hunter got real cranky, so he probably won't be back to do the thing for a while. But then supposedly when they were calling everybody like you know when they were calling gender mahal you know like they they, they were, were running through all everybody right. on their speed dial so supposedly yeah. they had talked to kurt angle but kurt went and told everybody and then so they was like chill kurt so i think kurt's on some like now let me act like i'm not talking to them because i was too excited before. thank you act like you've been here before kurt right. <laughs> it's been a long time coming he's been away from the house for so long it's true he ran yeah. away from home and now he's just like waiting what do you guys think the odds are, assuming he's going to come back and it's going to be a little bit later, surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble? Put him in number one, let him last. Kurt Put Angle's him... number one. I don't even... I don't... Mm. Or bring him in number two. Please don't. All right, here's, yeah, here's what you do. He doesn't have a neck. Right. Let me... No, please. Give me a second. <laughs> Give me a second. Hear me out. You you bring in whoever your top heels at the time. Let's say it's Rusev, okay? Keep the U.S. title on him. 
and he comes in and he cuts a promo. And number two, the music hits. You hear that? You hear Patriot, which I think is the name of. of yeah. I know it was the Patriots uh, yeah. entrance music. I think the song is called Patriot. No, Metal. It's called Metal. Metal hits. The crowd loses its mind. He comes in. He wrestles for a little bit. You could have him dumped out on the side. You, there are a lot of ways to protect a guy like that, and he can still go. He just can't go every night. You can put him in a Royal Rumble, and he. I. I bet you he could last for the final four. How, how do they? Fine. How do they use him then? As long as we're fantasy booking, how do how do they use him? Like, do you do you bring him in as a surprise entrance entrant, and then? Kind of transition him into like some on-air GM-ish kind of role, or do you actually have him get in a feud with somebody? I, if he lasts that long, I would have him the next night, whatever show he's on, come out and cut a heel promo, turn him heel, and then have him refuse to wrestle anybody because nobody's good enough for him, mm. oh, and God. have him tease wrestling every single week. How you know what you should be a uh, Booker. Give me the book. Give, give him the book. Give, give book. me that book. Give him the book. pencil. That's right. Put the, it in his hand. I'm gonna I'm gonna start creating my own book for whatever they hire me. But in the meantime, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about this week's wrestling news that's worth talking at length about. You're listening to Tights and Fights. Hey, Max Fun community. This is your friend Elizabeth Gilbert, author of Eat, Pray, Love, and a bunch of other stuff. I am a longtime member, supporter, and devoted follower of Maximum Fun. And now, finally, I have my own podcast on the network. It's called Magic Lessons, and it is me coaching people through their creative issues and problems. This season, we have some amazing creators that we're helping through their joys and struggles of making something out of nothing. And then I bring in special guests like Glennon Doyle Melton, Brandon Stanton, Martha Beck, the poet Mark Nepo, Michael Ian Black, Sarah Jones, Gary Scheingart, these amazing friends of mine to come and help coach these people so that they can get their work done. I hope you'll tune into it. It's called Magic Lessons, and it's all about love. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. With me in the studio are... Danielle Radford. Mike Eagle, I think. You're correct. Yes! <laughs> it's time for Headliners. This is the part of our show where we break down the biggest news and angles from the past week in wrestling. Let's start it off with Monday Night Raw. We're in the second week of the full brand split, and we start off after a great championship match on the inaugural new Raw Live with a women's segment, or so we think. We have Sasha and Charlotte cutting promos on one another leading up to their match at SummerSlam when all of a sudden they're cut off. By Teddy Long. (laughs) (laughs) Player, I got a 20-man tag match. Holla holla back if you hear me. Um, They're cut off by the Ayatollah of rock and roll himself, Chris Jericho. Here's a clip of that. And that's what you are, Sasha. You're just a one-night stand. A one-night stand? Yes. Sweetheart, you're the daughter of Ric Flair. If it wasn't for a one-night stand, you probably wouldn't be standing here. 
Quiet, 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 quiet. I know that's terrible, but come on, it's Jericho. I'm the biggest Jericho mark on the planet, <laughs> and he is such a great heel. But it doesn't uh, excuse the fact that they basically uh, the, the the story backstage was that that Vince and the entire creative team were really happy with the women's match, and so they had them lead off and get their own segment on Raw, and then they get cut off by a dude. So what what gives? Are they? Do you think they're hesitant to give women the spotlight fully? I, uh, it's so hard because um, y'all know I'm a Sasha Stan. He, I am, I am, I am here on this world. I exist for her and her wig. But like, <laughs> it definitely seemed like they gave the women the top spot. But like, just in case, we're gonna have your dad come out, and then he's gonna be followed by like your wacky next door neighbor, and then they're gonna do some stuff. Like, it's I don't think that segment needed to go on any longer. Let's be real clear. <laughs> yeah. Let's be super clear. After Sasha says the thing about how much a hoe Ric Flair is, that segment can be done. I love Sasha. She's not, she's gonna get there on the mic. She hasn't had the opportunities. She will get better. And she's getting better every time she gets on. You can hear it. Um, Charlotte is is getting into her zone. It didn't need to be a longer segment. I for sure needed like fitting 20 less how you doings we get it y'all want to bang that's gross yeah it went from like a showdown between two competitors at the top of their game to enzo flirting with sasha and stuff like it be it i mean i'm a white guy sitting here (laughs) saying this i it does not escape me in the least but it's just disgusting that it has to be like don't worry guys she's a wrestler but she still needs to get laid we get it yeah and she she still still needs needs. to have some dude come out they both still need to have some dudes come out and talk on their behalf yeah you know i didn't i didn't take it that way necessarily um to me the most obviously foul thing was that like you know uh, Hero Enzo comes out and sexually harasses Sasha pretty hard. She <laughs> doesn't. She doesn't look like, happy about it. I mean, no. you know, like, like non kayfabe. She's definitely like, I can't. Okay, okay. That whole oh like my that, that bank deposit thing. I'm like, that's. Are you talking about semen? <laughs> like, what are you? Like, what is? What are, what are you saying there? So like that part I thought was super foul. I didn't necessarily think that they were undermining the women necessarily. Uh, I, I, you know, I think on a lot of these things we have to kind of take a wait and see approach. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and I'm not, I'm really not, I'm not loving Sasha on the mic right now. I'm not loving it. She, she said will she get w- there. We only just pecan or something. She was trying to say begun. Well, yeah, like, I, she gets very excited <laughs> and tongue tied, and she's and got think, that accent, which is both California and Boston. I don't know how she does it. I also, but I, she I, did it. I don't think it's an accent. I think literally she's one of those people whose tongue is too big for their mouths. You know what I mean? Like, and and it's just words are just hard to say. She's a tiny person. She is, and and I feel like she's got you know like an overbite kind of like tongue thing, lisp thing going on. <laughs> and it, you know, and and yeah. I think I think you know she like you say she gets excited and she loses control of the words sometimes. And yeah. I think it's a tough position to be in to showcase her uh, as much as they have 
on the wrestling side of things, they they expect that she's able to hold her own on the mic as much, and I think she does need a lot more time to develop that. Right, side. like she hasn't been able to develop both of those skills concurrently. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, she'll get there because if you look at Charlotte, Charlotte got there, yeah. but it's gonna it's gonna take a second, and until then, it's gonna be gonna be a little rough. Well, then let's let's jump over a second to the SmackDown Women's Division, where we had two matches, neither of which happened. Uh, you started off with the Eva Marie versus Becky Lynch, where Eva Marie uh, had a kayfabe injury. She jumped down during her entrance. She just jumped down off the second turnbuckle and and pulled her hammy, <laughs> and so the match couldn't happen. Uh, that was a great use of a non-match. If she did that for six months and found a way to back out of every match after what feels like a five-minute entrance, that's a great way to generate heat. But then after that, you have you have that, that odd live desk where Renee Young is interviewing people like it's a pre-show, and she has Carmella on. And then, then Natty comes out and interrupts, and then they're supposed to have a match, but Natty just jumps her and suplexes her onto the floor, and then that match doesn't happen. So we got... No, we had two possible storylines with women, but no match. Is that is that enough storytelling to to really build a women's division around? I mean, I think if you if we're talking about storytelling, then we have to have angles, and in both those cases, there's an angle, and and it sets up future appearances and future matches. So I, you know, there like. Since there's so few women on each show, it certainly it, it gives us a chance to like really look at what they're doing with the women and scrutinize it. And because you know, if you only have two women segments, if neither match happens, then okay, it looks like kind of a something. But in, on the other hand, it is it's giving them a reason to wrestle each other, which is something that a lot of times they haven't had. You know, like they haven't had angles and motivations and character issues between people. So, you know, I, I, once again, I'd like to see where it goes. You know. Like to see where it goes. I I would have liked to have seen a match, um, especially because there's been so much like putting the emphasis on women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. I really would have liked to have seen a match. Um, I would not have liked to have seen one at the expense of that Eva Marie thing because that was awesome. Yeah. Right. That was great. She comes out. Um, they have that big long intro, and then uh, she kayfabe pulls a Sammy where she hurts herself when she's getting too excited for the match to start, <laughs> and. <laughs> Um, which was, and yeah, that was perfect. She is, they, they have nailed Eva Marie. They finally figured it out. Yeah, they got it. They, and I mean, and then, and a lot of that is that started in NXT and you could see where right. that was going, but they like, they nailed it. And I'm glad that they gave her that hot topic jacket instead of <laughs> yes. a robe, um, because the robe really should be saved for, um, for Charlotte. And like I've said, I'm really happy that Charlotte, uh, that robe looks kind of cheap and good. I'm glad that she isn't like her dad where she's spending like $40,000 on a robe she leaves at an airport. <laughs> like, I'm excited about that. Um, so that was good. I do, I guess for me, the thing with uh, Natalia and Becky is that they've already been in this feud for so long yeah, that true. like to not have a match is like, on the one hand, I don't know if I wanted to see another Natalia Becky match, but on the other hand, it's like, well, you guys are already there. We already know you don't like each other, so I don't know why you need to put Becky in the spaceship booth and then <laughs> the spaceship booth. We'll, we'll see how that continues to develop because maybe it seems like Dean Ambrose might be eliminating that from the show. But let's go back to Monday Night Raw, where business about to pick up around the <laughs> U.S. title <laughs> uh, as Cesaro. 
and Roman Reigns seem to be uh, chasing after Rusev's U.S. title. But it seems like the last time any of us cared about that title was when John Cena held it and had those U.S. Open challenges, or at least the, the majority of fans. So given the fact that, that Cena's not there to carry that title, can that belt be relevant again? I think it's relevant now. I think Rusev has done a great job of elevating it as they've actually been pouring heat into his character mm-hmm. in a way that they haven't since his first U.S. title run. I mean, I was a little disappointed because I, w- I had been watching Rusev the last few weeks and been like, man, character development. Like, And obviously, if you're building a heel, you're usually building him up for somebody. It's like, wow, like, who are they? Like, maybe maybe they want to put him up against Brock or something later. But it's, oh, no, it's for it's for Roman. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but he, he is one of those really intense. He's like a throwback to the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, but yeah. with his own sort of spin because he's such an animal yeah. in the ring. And, and he's good on the mic. He's, he's fantastic. great in the ring. He's yeah. got a presence. I, I wish that, that Lana would go back to the hair up right. in the, like the uptight. Bridget Nielsen, Rocky Ford. Just literally anything that isn't like, okay, y'all, here's this dude I bang. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Like, that, that's all she does now. It's too gentle. It's that put your hand over your heart. Yeah. And it, it's all about men want to have sex with me and you can't because, because, only, I'm, because I'm married right. to Rusev. Because only this guy can have sex but with me. He, he doesn't need that to get heat. Right. No. He, he can generate his own heat, and he does. And she was doing fine getting heat without. I like the dress. The dress, I think, is actually kind of dope. It's a throwback. I'll take it. He, he, his character is a throwback character. It makes sense to give her kind of a Miss Elizabeth throwback thing, but you can still have her be that person and not just be like, "He's my husband. No one else gets to get inside me." Like you can still have her be like, "No, I'm still Rusev Crush. Guys, I'm still that chick." You guys notice. A lot more dick and balls humor on Raw these days. <laughs> yeah. A ton right? more genitals are in conversational play these days. Yes, PG, PG not expanded. Did you see that the New Day thing with the two, was it two oranges and the banana? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know Vince loves his pee-pee jokes. Oh, oh so much. You know he does. Oh, so much. But, but with the U.S. title, you, you have two different approaches. You either have the man makes the title or the title makes the man. And in this case, Rusev is making the title important mm-hmm. because he's Rusev. But the title in and of itself doesn't seem to have intrinsic value. Like if you go back to to the 80s and you, you the, that early lineage of the Intercontinental title, it meant if you had that belt that you were going to carry the mid card and you were probably going to win the world championship within a year or two because this was grooming you to so that you could learn how to be a champion or how to chase a belt. Now, it just feels like we have some mid-card guys, Cesaro doesn't have enough to do, and Roman Reigns isn't working out in the main event, so let's push him down to the mid-card and see what happens there. Oh, I know. They've got to have something to do. Let's have him chase after the U.S. titles. Like, where's the division? Yeah, it still always feels like that, like, ring around the rosy, like, whoever, you know, it's the game of, like, musical chairs. Like, whoever's around is the one who winds up getting the belts. Right. And they never, it never, but we'll see. I mean, I'm hoping because it, that belt was so hot when Cena had it. Well, they're, they, the only way that they have to make anything hot is to give it, like, booking attention. Yes. Right? And right now, they're giving Rusev as U.S. champion booking attention. But I guess we'll have to see if... And when he loses the belt, if that attention follows the belt or if it just follows Rusev. Yep. You know what I mean? That's Which is what question. usually winds up happening yeah. is that, like, when someone wins a belt now, they're, they go and do great. And then the belt gets vacant and it's for the next person to prop up 
the belt, which I guess I've heard that they've said before, like, yo, the, the man makes the belt and not the belt makes the man. And that was a big part of the issue that CM Punk had with them was he felt like he wasn't being supported. So I hope that even whatever happens after Rusev loses it to Roman, um, <laughs> I hope that <laughs> when that happens... Um, they continue, but it's Roman, so they will. I mean, I guess we don't have to worry about oh, it, guys. God. It's Roman. It's going to get attention. My heart shattered as soon as his music hit. Does it just break you now? <laughs> it does, because it's like, I, uh, they just, they, they they telegraph everything with him. You know what I mean? There's yeah. just no getting around it. I guess the punishment's over, and so now he gets to have a belt that I don't want him to have well, again. Let's stay on Raw for a second and talk about the return of the squash match, mm. where both Nia Jax and Braun Strowman seem to be taking on uh, a, a, a carousel of local talent. The guys all look like, <laughs> I mean, they they all look like before pictures. And then Ron Strowman destroys them. And then he kicks the sandcastle into their face. Yeah, he kicks the sandcastle. <laughs> and they order from the comic book. Yeah, they, they try to get that <laughs> Tony Atlas. Yeah, that's, uh. that's, how they, that's the story of how they became. They all look like Bob Backlund's nephews. Wow. Just Maybe like they a are. series of just ears and thin guys and... and I always think about um, Beyond the Mat when Jim Ross is talking to the FedEx delivery guy who's finally got the try on these goodies. Like, a little bit more mass in the in upper, in upper area your body. You got, got to fill out a bit more. All these guys look like they need, like, just a vat of oatmeal that they can swim in and consume. <laughs> so, get something to stick to those ribs. How about Braun Strowman, though? I mean, so we, we, we can all tell he's gotten a haircut. They've shaved around the sides of his head. Mm-hmm. That's one change. You guys notice the other change? The, the dark patch under his crotch to no, accentuate his, his penis for Vince? There. No, that's always been there. Like, he's always <laughs> yeah. had that stripe of black yeah. Yeah. fabric that looks like he wet himself. Like, it's always he right there. Like, he has always had a dick plate. That's yeah. always been yeah. there. How yeah. can you sweat that much? Like, I didn't even <laughs> think that. That's what I thought when I saw it. <laughs> maybe he does, and they, he maybe he did back when he was part of Adam Rose's gang, and they were like, "Oh, put something on that dick, <laughs> cover up that sweat spot." But the other thing, and and this is funny because I was thinking about this before they redebuted him last week. Like, why do I hate him so much? And it's not that he's just green and big and obviously like ch- chosen and plucked and put in that role. It was that they didn't care about us enough to teach that man even one wrestling move. <laughs> Not it is a lot of just, even one. Like clubbing. <laughs> yes. Trip. It is a lot of schoolyard bully stuff, but but it is good like it's is it good to have those squash matches back where where you just get to see a guy cuz that was televised wrestling in the early 80s was yeah. you would see a series of your favorite superstars or most hated villains in a one-sided match and then the main event would be the only one where two superstars who you could name would wrestle one another. So is it good to see that come back? I love it. It's fantastic. I love it. I love watching Nia Jax beat up on Kiki Palmer. (laughs) I was great. I'm glad because it's like it... I was really afraid that when she came up to the main roster, they were going to turn her into Girlberg. Um, and I'm really happy that they didn't. And she's she's another one. Every time she goes on, she gets better and she gets better and she gets better. Keep feeding her tiny local talent. Um, with Braun Strowman, it seems like the, the local talent thing with the interviews, they're actually starting to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, cause, and they're making them kind of funny because the first dude was like, you know, any man with two hands and he gets destroyed. And then this dude's just like, I just, I just want to pay rent. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets destroyed. It seems like they're kind of happy 
having fun with it. Uh, and I don't know if that's coming from, I mean, I'm sure that's the writers, but the, the local talent is also kind of having fun. I'm digging it. But, you know, squash matches are designed to get characters over and to get little things like characters finishing moves over. Mm -hmm. So now we're getting Nia's leg drop over. We're getting Braun Strowman's one wrestling move, the reverse chokeslam. We're getting it over. And and that's the whole purpose. So, yep. And I think that's what's been missing is that, like, you would come in and you would have that guy go over Dolph Ziggler and we'd all be like, why? Why is this? <laughs> what did Dolph do? Right, exactly. <laughs> what did Dolph do? Right. But, you know, remove that part of the, of, of the conversation out of the equation and have him go over some local guys and just build him up. So then when you do put him up against somebody, he's perceived as a threat. Mike, you mentioned Dolph Ziggler. Let's discuss him and former NXT or Finn Balor. So they both got some mic time as the number one contenders for SmackDown and Raw's world titles. Tell me, are they making you care about these matches? It was the SmackDown, I think, was um, almost more interesting, if only because it does that thing where it acknowledges things that have happened in the past. Where right. Dolph was like, yo, I was a cheerleader, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying here and I was a cheerleader and I'm trying, you know, this is finally my shot and I'm going to take it. And it's like, yeah, he was a cheerleader and then he did wear too much denim. So, like, you get this, the, the, the backstory with kind of that. Um, Finn's another one whom, God bless him, I love him, I stand for that dude and his weird paint, but like, he's definitely, he's gonna need some mic time, I'm glad that he got the final word and it was dope, but he's definitely like, he's gonna need, and he'll get it, but he, he before he becomes convincing on that mic, especially with how good Seth has gotten, um, it's just very stilted, I and for him to be so new and mm -hmm. come in and sound so new. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any of those NXT folks that have come in that aren't Kevin Owens and Cass and uh, Enzo have been really good on the mic lately in the last like year or so. Not no. really. No. Um, and, and on the one hand, like, yeah, like, please learn these guys some wrestling. I would love for people to, to get really good at wrestling. But it does seem like a lot of these new NXT folks are coming up and they're not having a lot of the mic skills to back and it you up. You know who used to teach the mic class? Hmm. Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. So That's there right. you go. He helped um, develop all those characters. And yeah. now I'm sad all over again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to me, I also agree that the SmackDown program is more interesting. And I think that promo was way more interesting. Um because what seemed to be happening with Dean and Dolph and like, you know, of course this is all scripted, but they seem to be touching on things that these two human beings actually care about. Yeah. You know, mm. so like there is a heartbreak that comes out. And it's funny because Dean's interview, I'm sorry, his promo with uh, Dolph reminded me a bit of his promo with Seth. Mm. Where like they come out, they're talking and they kind of start like really digging at each other a little bit and they get emotional and they get angry and Dolph, like, you know, like the the level of fire that came out of Dolph, I felt like I hadn't seen that in forever. You yeah. know, and, and, I, and it is really compelling and it gives you that sense of, OK, I'm going to buy into this match now because both of these guys really need this win. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. No, it did. There, there is something about when you have that heart to the thing that's in it. And maybe that's the difference between like Finn and Seth mm -hmm. is like. Yeah, that's the other thing I've talked about that, that gets on my nerves with the NXT guys is when they come in, they all still seem like they're really grateful to be there. And right. it's like, well, that's not grateful time is over. You you be grateful at home with your girlfriend. Right. Like on TV, you need to be kicking some ass. And you, with Seth, you do feel the thing like, yo, I did all this work. I'm going to be champion. And then Finn comes back with like, I work too. <laughs> I, I do think, though, that the SmackDown 
title match is more intriguing for me because the belt already exists, and that's the belt that mm. carries all the lineage of every championship that has been melded into it over the years. And it's not named something stupid. It's not. <laughs> well, yeah, the name, the name, even notwithstanding, you, even if it had a really cool name, which is, you don't need a super cool name for a belt. You just need not a dumb name, Universal. But you you care because there's a lineage there and there's a history that, that Dean Ambrose is going, this is part of my legacy. Mm. Now I'm part of this and I'm going to show why I deserve it. And then Dolph comes in and he's got his fire. And I, I'm going to bring up a little bit more about what happened in that opening segment later on. But the, the WWE uh, Universal title, it doesn't exist yet. We don't know what it looks like. We like Seth Rollins. We like Finn Balor. So for that reason, we're interested. But without an understanding of what that belt really means, other than I, I bet get to it be has a event, W on it. I'm sure. But it, it has a W and it some It better gold. have a star or two on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just right? going to be Stardust's old onesie. <laughs> the wrapped around. Wrapped up. Yeah. But. Without the title existing yet, you don't know what it means. You don't have that instant heat that Triple H got when a belt was just handed to him. Because yeah. then they're using the title to create a story. Whereas in this case, it's it's they're fighting over Schrodinger's belt. Hmm. It doesn't exist yet. Wow. We just, it exists and doesn't exist at the same time. So science. Time will tell. Look it up, everybody. Schrodinger's <laughs> belt. It's My a real name's thing. Hal. I have Google. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a WWE PhD. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk a little bit more about belts coming up in our main event. You're listening to Tights and Fights. We'll be back in just a minute. Hello! This month's Beef and Dairy Network podcast is an Olympic special recorded here on Ipanema Beach in Rio de Janeiro. We'll be tackling all the big issues. Should athletes be allowed to eat lamb? Should Olympic equestrian riders be able to ride on a cow? All these questions and more answered in this month's Beef and Dairy Network Olympic special. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. With me in the booth to talk about all things wrestling are... Danielle Radford. And... Michael Eagle. Yes. Every week we like to have an in-depth conversation about one of the finer points of wrestling. This is our main event. So this past week, guys, Daniel Bryan said in a podcast interview that the women's and tag team championships are coming to SmackDown. Not the ones that are on Raw. They will have their own tag team and their own women's championships. So... The idea of more title belts carries a lot of intrigue and a lot of potential downfalls. Are there too many belts now with the introduction of these? Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely too many belts, not enough important wastes to have said belts around. Right. Um, but one thing I'm seeing, it, you know, while I'm not really super... I'm not super down on the fact they're going to add more belts is because this trend that I'm seeing in both shows is that they, they do seem to be giving more uh, writing attention to everybody on the roster kind of up and down. It's going back to like the Attitude Era thing where everybody had a program and everybody had, you know, a, a thing. So if they're going to do that and if they're actually going to, you know, give people reasons to fight over things and make championship belts important by having them involved in angles then then I'm for it but it does I mean it's already too many belts it's very there's very much too many belts so yeah um, I just I don't know 
I don't like the idea of splitting up the women's championship when you just made a new title and, and you just enough. made it important. And there's not, there's not enough. I think personally, if it's me and I'm fantasy, stu- fantasy stuffing, um, on SmackDown, <laughs> on SmackDown, you don't do another women's title. You do a women's tag title um, because they just brought a bunch of those women up for NXT, and I like all of them, but they ain't the four horse women. So like you do a women's tag team and then that's another way of being like, yo, we care about these women so much that we're giving them two different kinds of belts to show how deep our roster is. And then in the meantime, you have um, you have chances for everybody to get a shot to be on TV and um, for people to learn by working with some of the more experienced women on the roster. You know, I don't, I don't know if I agree with you on that. Just because How I, dare you? They, we're going to have it out. We are locked in a small room, Uh-oh. and we still have time left Ooh, on this episode. Yeah. Um, Put some I, Vaseline on my face. I don't think that the women's roster on SmackDown is deep enough. And when I say that, I don't mean talent-wise. I mean just the number of bodies they have. They've got maybe six to eight women, which... At a certain point, you'll run, you know, and it's not the SmackDown 6, so you can't just trade the belts between these red-hot single stars who've become these red-hot tag teams. You, you, on the positives of having these belts, which, which I think we should talk about a little bit, is you have a women's division. They need to have somebody who's at the top of that division, and there needs to be a signifier for it other than whoever gets to wear Eva Marie's jacket. Right. Like, you've got to have a belt. And then tag teams, too, like... Initially, when they were doing the brand split, I, I I had this thought of they should put the the tag division exclusively on one show, yes, and the women's division exclusively on another. That's what would make or most the cruiserweight sense. exclusively on another, which they have. The cruiserweights yeah. are just on Raw. But, I think they should, yeah, because that would be you have two things where a lot of things are happening in the match. But they've gone like head first, whole hog into the idea that this is a brand split, and outside of 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 Randy and Brock invading one another shows, Woof. these are separate. 100% brand. So you're going to put all these tag teams on SmackDown. They've got to have a belt. There's no other reason to be a tag team other than to win tag team right. gold. But, but now all we're doing is it's like how NXT, they have their own belt, which I am I was totally down for because I was like, these guys have to learn how to fight for something. You have to learn how to do it. I was totally down for NXT having their own belts. But now all you're doing is you're doing tiers of belts right. where right. there's NXT and then there's SmackDown and then there's Raw. And so they're not, or, you know, and then that's, or depending on which one you like better or whatever, but it's going to start shaking out real soon when you start seeing like when once you start doing the thing where you're adding the exact same kind of belts on the exact same kind of shows, it's gonna start becoming really obvious which has the better roster, which show was written better. Um, last week, Raw came out on top, but this week they're kind of even Stevensy. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just. I. I don't. You do need something for everyone to fight for. I just. I. I don't know if copying the exact same belts on both shows is a good idea because at one point it's going to become really obvious that one of those belts is a lesser belt. You know what horrible thought I just had too? Oh boy. Imagine these terrible new names these titles are going to have. It's gonna be so bad. The Galactic Tag Team Titles, the Super Duper Tag Team Champions, <laughs> the Crab Nebula Women's Belts, and I arrived by satellite. But you look. If... The Gillette presents Venus Belt for Women. <laughs> <laughs> it's got an air in it. Um, 
here's the thing though: if you're if you were a fan of WWF back in the day, you were also a fan of NWA. They had tag championships. One had the U.S. and TV title. The other had the Intercontinental title, and later the European. And they, they each had their world title. Same types of belts. What made it different, like, like you point out, and and this is what they're going for: is competition between the brands. Is you will see who has the better roster. You will see who has better creative. But you've got to sort of put it in, in some sort of if if you're really testing it out and really letting them compete. To a certain extent, you have to keep the conditions somewhat similar, so you have some idea for success. Otherwise, so you go some well, yeah, like SmackDown can't. Th- there's no way they'll be as good as Raw because they don't have tag belts for guys to go after if, if you were to set that up, or they don't have an individual women's title, so you don't get those great. <sighs> imagine, yeah. imagine if the if that were the case on Raw, if the women's title somehow it had transferred to Becky Lynch, and then you have Sasha and Charlotte on Raw, and there's a women's tag division. Instead of getting those great one-on-one matches between them, well, that them. would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> that, they they respect Sasha's wig and Charlotte's extensions too much for that to ever happen. Well, but that's the thing right. is they these other women need to prove themselves. That's true. And Becky now gets the opportunity to carry a division, which she's more than capable of doing, with a really like what will eventually develop as as the new call-ups sort of p- learn their trade in the big leagues of of SmackDown Live, that that division is going to flourish and become better. Best case scenario, assuming that the creative is there and 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 it really is as competitive as it's, as as we're being told it will be. I just, I I guess for me, like I, as, as, and I was so in on the brand split and I still am. For this to work, like, they can't just this they have to be kept completely separate brands then that's the only way that this can work and i guess like the idea was better before you had brock and friggin randy orton flipping in between the right. shows which yeah. i get that they're only doing right now for SummerSlam, whatever but after SummerSlam, that's it they have to be completely separate and then i will buy all in on their new belts even though i swear to god we just combined that stupid scarf neckerchief belt that we just had like a couple years ago we just combined that thing but whatever man you know what it is it is so it is a it is such a lazy thing for the wwe bookers and creative team that like the only thing they can think of to like push angles and stories or fuse forward as a belt like I feel like if they had more if, if they were more willing to just kind of create personal issues between people then they wouldn't need so many belts either you know like it wouldn't everything didn't have to depend on a belt you know there have been some great feuds that were beltless right that's yeah. true and th- there there need to be but you also have to establish a division there yeah. has to be a there has to be a top of yeah, that division. Like that main event, you can't have, if you have six main event people, you can't have all six, you can't do a six pack challenge every single Screw month. Screw it. Hardcore women's belt. Hard, I'll take it. Well, the hardcore what? Molly Holly was a, uh, right? Was a hardcore champion, as was Victoria, as one of the Godfather's hosts. <sighs> Victoria was dope. A proud lineage. Proud lineage of, of the female hardcore champions. Yeah. But there, there is something, there is something to that. To having a division in which there are there are feuds like you have to have Brizango in a feud against somebody at some point. They're too entertaining and too much fun to watch. They're not ready for the titles yet, but they'll get there. And the only way you're going to get there is by putting them in in those lower tier matches. But they're th- those feuds 
are catalysts to get to a belt. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if that's the case though. Like I, I think about wrestling in the eighties and nineties and you know, most territories or, or you know, federations or whatever, they only had like one or two belts, you know, and they had personal issues all the way up and down the card and you you know, you bought in, like, you know, you you would watch uh you know, Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express, not usually for the tag belts, but still always a very entertaining match, and you were very interested in who won it, you know, just based on these two teams are both good. Or, you know, Jim Cornette smashed somebody with a racket, so now we want to see, you know, the Rock and Roll Express get revenge, so he gets his comeuppance. Like, you know, just, just heat, yeah. just regular heat between people. It didn't always have to be, you know, for the belt. Right, but of course yeah. Nikki Bella's coming back, so she's going to need a belt. That's true to prop her head up with because her neck no longer Yeah, she also doesn't have a neck. No more neck. Necklace. Lots of (laughs) necklaces. No necks. No neck but a belt. You're listening to Tights and Fights. We'll be right back after this with some recommendations from the world of wrestling. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. With me in the booth are... Danielle Radford. And... Michael Eagle. To finish off the show, we're going to put over three things from the world of wrestling that we think are awesome. We call it the three count. Danielle, kick us off. What do you got? Um, I have broken Matt Hardy's appearance on Talk as Jericho this week. Um, So uh, here's a little clip. It's weird for me, Matt, because, um, I mean, I've known you for so many years, but I've never met this guy this broken matt character as a character is it even a character what is this i don't i don't know why people continue to use this character terminology it's, it's very strange it's very foreign to me this is uh this is who i am i uh when my incident occurred when my broken condition occurred uh it changed many things in me it unlocked uh potent parts of my mind that i had never been able to access before and now i am more I am magic. And that's all that you're getting. Because <laughs> uh, I'm not giving away anything. And I'm not going to just go listen but, to it. It's fantastic. Um, I, I, lo- I love kayfabe. Um, so, he's, he's, so is kayfabe the entire, yeah, the entire thing? Just listen to it. It's oh, so good. Oh, God. Okay. It's that, so, that's good. so intriguing. Oh, fantastic. I, I have to listen to it. I, I need to figure out a long drive I can take just to listen to it. Yes. Mike, what do you got? Uh, I'm putting over everybody who was in that intro segment on SmackDown for not breaking character when Daniel Bryan called Apollo Crews Apollo Creed. <laughs> I'm putting over everybody in that segment for keeping it together. Here's a clip of the slip. Important. So tonight we're going to do a new era triple threat match with Baron Corbin, Apollo Creed, and Kalisto. And the winner of that match will face you for the Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam. Happy? Oh, Daniel. Oh, we love you, Daniel. We, we love, love you, you so Daniel. much. You Sorry have... about your head. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, poor Daniel. Uh, I would also like to put something over from SmackDown. This happened after the heated Dolph Ziggler, Dean Ambrose promo. Uh, Bray Wyatt inserted himself in the situation, laid out Dolph Ziggler, and said this. I want to offer you a little challenge, man. Face me. Right here in this very ring. And if you win, you will prove to all these people once and for all that you are worthy of being the number one contender. 
If you fall, I will take your place at SummerSlam. And I will be the number one contender. So come on ahead, show off, and prove to me that you really are that damn good. <laughs> Guys, it finally happened. Almost three years into Bray Wyatt's run in WWE, <laughs> he made a compelling promo, which he almost always does, that made sense. I knew what he wanted for once. Right. And like yeah. now he's a guy who I want competing for the belt. It makes sense to have it. I hate it happiness. In that I hate kids. <laughs> or yeah. whatever. Rocking chairs and lanterns. I'm spooky. Yeah. I just uh, like flies and shit. Stellar, <laughs> stellar work. That's how you develop a character. That's how you write and set up future feuds over a belt. And, and and they built a television program off of that. They made it make sense. They wrapped it up. That issue is over now. You know what I mean? And that's how television shows are supposed to work. V excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next. Yep. Go Blue Brand. That does it for this week on <laughs> Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. Our hosts are Danielle Radford and Mike Eagle, along with me, Hal Lublin. Our producer slash advocate is Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Colin Anderson. If you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with all your friends. We'll be back next week to talk about even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.